The following audio is via a Skype call. We're on a mission from God. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and we're feeling gratitude coming on. We're going to talk a lot about that this hour with a lady who is an expert in that field and who is a minister we would love for you to know. She is a fascinating lady. She has done a lot of deep work, and she's willing to share from that wellspring of creativity and spirituality for that matter, but she doesn't wear it on her sleeve. She just expresses who she really is. Before we get to all of that, let's say hello to tall guy Nathan at the board. Producer Nathan, how are you, sir? Well, let's take a look here. I got my toilet paper, I got my ha. paper towels, and I got my disinfectant. I think I'm ready to go for the shutdown. Uh, he's all set. He's living a barcoded life. I, I have to tell you, Nathan, that uh, some weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I said to Gary, you know, at some point we're going to be running out of toilet paper again. Let's stock up. And so we have the equivalent right now of over 100 rolls because some of those are like double, triple rolls. And, and so uh, we did really the smart thing because – on Wednesday, when we went into our grocery store, there was no toilet paper. Uh, so you got Gary and Suzanne's toilet paper market, $5 a square. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's right. And we have a square to spare. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a spare oh, square. Man. What, what times we are living through. This is just amazing. We'll never forget them, no matter how hard we try. But there's a lesson in there somewhere and reasons to be grateful for who we are and where we are right here and right now. We are so happy to have a first-time guest today. We love our first-time guests, and we have a number of those during the year in addition to our favorites. And today is a first-timer, and why don't you do the mad props, and we'll get going. We're about to add a favorite. An enthusiastic student of the science of mind since 1992, Reverend Teresa Fieberts has used these principles to change her life, and as anyone can tell you, her passion is infectious whether through prayer counseling, teaching classes, or simply being in spiritual community, Teresa delights in witnessing people's lives change in the light of truth. She exclaims, we have to pop the cork and let God out. And she does, even during a pandemic, via Facebook, and anybody can tune in on Sundays, 11, 11 o'clock Eastern time, so there in uh, Seattle, if you're up with your morning coffee, 8 a.m., tune in. You will love what you see and hear. As a 2017 graduate of the Holmes Institute and the Centers for Spiritual Living School of Spiritual Leadership, Teresa Fieberts earned her master's degree in consciousness studies, and today she is a licensed minister of religious science running the show at CSL Cultural Coast in Sarasota, Florida. But right now she's on the air with us and we are going to learn about gratitude. And this is a bit of a how-to hour as well as a get-to-know-you interview with Teresa Fieberts. Welcome, Teresa. Well, thank you so much, Gary. Hi, Suzanne. It's great to be with you all. When we were thinking about this morning and the fact that we need to introduce you to our listenership, 
Gary and I were asking each other, where did you first hear about the science of mind, religious science, centers for spiritual living? And it turns out from your bio where you say you uh, have been involved since 1992, that we all discovered it in the same five-year period in the early to mid-90s. So my first question is, who told you about it? <laughs> Isn't that great? I have a girlfriend, Kathy, that on my, uh, it was the 10th anniversary of my first marriage, and uh, I wasn't real happy. In fact, it was a pretty miserable time in my life. And she suggested that I go to church with her that morning. And I did. I cried through the entire service. It was a huge a huge auditorium. It was a high school auditorium filled with people who thought like I do. And uh, I didn't know there was such a thing. And I remember the date, September 18, 1992. Obviously, because it was my anniversary, the date stuck out. But I think it would have, that would have rung true no matter what day of the week or month it was. It was a powerful moment for me. Yes, very good. A friend told you, and a friend told me too, in the, um, I can't remember, it was either 94 or 95, but it was somewhere right in there when I was living in Sarasota the first time, I had a friend say, I'm taking a class on Tuesday nights that I think you would love, and I'd like you to come with me. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And I went to this class, and I loved it so much that I kept signing up for more classes and more classes. I went to about two years' worth of classes before I ever went to a church service. I just loved oh the classes. Gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> Suzanne is the, That's a wonderful the, story. I love that. Suzanne's the academic type, and then she got into the communal worship aspect and that sense of community right. a little bit later on. And what about you, Gary? Well, between 1992 and 1996, I was wandering around the desert. It felt like 40 years. It was four years. <laughs> and I was just piling on issues that confronted me in what a good friend of mine called a long, dark night of the soul. And it involved the breakdown of interpersonal relationships and really a challenge for me to start looking at the way I presented myself in the world and interacted with other people. So by the time I got to 1996 and after I had visited a church of religious science, which is to use the old terminology that I still favor as a matter of fact, but it uh, would be CSL Las Vegas today. Interestingly enough, Teresa, I started going to this church after I had moved to Seattle and lived there for about seven years. And then I found myself just in emotional trouble, in difficulties. There, and I went back to Las Vegas to visit my folks who lived there and had ultimately been there for a quarter century. And when I was visiting, I thought, I've got to try out this place. I really need a change of mind. I want to go and find out what these guys are about. Why? Because I had lived in an apartment around the corner from what is now CSL Las Vegas and a beautiful sanctuary. And I never set foot in the place the whole time that I had lived in Las Vegas, a span of about five years. So I go back as a visitor. And when I show up, there was a man, I honor him. His name, name is Don Chapman. And I hope he's happy wherever he is because he sure turned my thinking around. 
I told him my general situation, and he strongly suggested to me that I check out CSL Seattle because there was a lot to be offered there, and I ought to go experience it. And I said, with everything I'm doing in my life there, and that's pretty distant from where I'm living now, so I asked myself if logistically that will work, and can I afford to do it? And he looked me in the eye, and Don asked me, can you afford not to? Right. Wow. Okay. There's the challenge. Throw down that gauntlet. And so I went to that church and I became very, very deeply involved and totally enamored of the place, so much so that after my first service at CSL Seattle, I went up to the minister after service, shook her hand and said, I'm on a mission. And since then, in the new thought realm, in terms of the changing of my own mind and the adoption of ideas that really do work for anybody, I embraced science of mind, a philosophy and a way of life. And it has made tremendous positive changes in my life, including meeting my soulmate, Suzanne Mitchell. Just to put a bow on it, that is where Gary and I met. So I moved to uh, Seattle and uh, within a month of moving to Seattle, I attended that church since I was aware of it from Sarasota. And, uh, and that's where I ended up meeting and dating my beloved here. Right. And so, Suzanne, we were probably at the same location here at the same time, the Center for Positive Living. Um, no. When you were taking classes? No. Okay. No, well, I wasn't taking was it church, through there. It was the Sarasota Church of Religious Science. Uh, maybe. It That's was with it was. Reverend Duffy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it wasn't the same. And I met my beloved uh, there as well. So that law of attraction was working for the four of us, wasn't it? Well, and you know what's nice about that is you don't have a lot of religious differences. When when you're mm-hmm. meeting at a church, then you're you're looking at the world in much the same way with the same kind of philosophy rather than from maybe competing philosophies. So Gary and I I, have have been grateful about that. I will admit out loud to all your listeners in the world that I was pretty shamelessly uh, aggressive once I I met my beloved Bobby, um, who's our music director now and a practitioner. But uh, because of that, because of what you just said, I knew that there was so much that we weren't going to have to cover. (laughs) There was already so much. We were looking at the world from such a similar viewpoint. And that was very exciting to me. That was very sexy. You know, the idea that, that we had the same outlook on life on, on how life was, uh, was there for us, not against us, which had been a previous mindset for me. You know, when I first found the teaching, I was a victim of everything. And Michael Beckwith, you know, talks about those stages of evolution that we, many of us come into this teaching as a victim. Life's not working for us, and we think that it's because out there, outside of us, stuff's happening to us. And, and, and then we become empowered the more we learn that our thinking, the power of our thoughts. And so, yes, beautiful. When we were preparing for today's show, we tuned into a couple of your podcasts. We specifically wanted to talk about gratitude in the week before Thanksgiving. I think it's challenging for a lot of people this year because of COVID-19 to feel the gratitude. 
And you talk in in your most recent talk was about gratitude for heartfelt connections and um, about, you know, what you called the tapestry we have heard talked about as the interweaving of the psychical and the physical. I sometimes call it the matrix or the network. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that, uh, that, that kind of I'd like to get your input on is if, if we are one life, how do we recognize those connections? Because it is one thing to say them, it's another thing to really experience our connection with other people. Absolutely. I, I, you could have asked me 10 different questions, and I think my answer to this would, would have been the same. It all starts with our spiritual practice. We have to be so grounded in our own connection to, to spirit, life, source, energy, um, whatever we call God, um, the creator of our own life. We have to be so solid in that. And for me, that comes from my spiritual practice. And once I have that and I carry it with me day in, day out, through every condition and circumstance that I find myself in, it's much easier to recognize spirit in the other person or, or in the situation, everywhere around me. I'm swimming in it. It's, I'm in the bowl of, of spirit soup, you know. Um, but I think it all starts from that spiritual practice, which for me is meditation, specifically mindful meditation now. When you're involved with mindful meditation, as a practical matter, Teresa, what does that look like? They might look you at you and see you in a lotus or half lotus position or however you feel comfortable meditating. But really, what's going on in there that causes this durable change in your outlook? Uh, it's been an evolution. For sure, it's been an evolution. And when I first began, it was very, it was difficult. And everybody will say the same thing, you know, I can't do it. So I started with music and then I I went to something else and I went to, you know, guided meditations. Now today it is sitting in the silence and I usually start with my breath and I just bring my focus to my breath. What has happened in that evolution of just being fully present and allowing whatever else might pass through to simply pass through, not being attached to it. Uh, when I teach children, I say, you know, if you're watching a parade and you really love the tuba player in the band, you don't jump in line and go down the street with them. You, you watch them go by. And that's what we do with our thoughts is we we watch them go by and we're unattached. But the evolution for me of that is I will hit moments where I'm just lifted. I'm simply lifted. I'm lifted into a space of connection. For me, the most accurate way to describe it would be in the light. I, I felt it this morning. It simply was in light. It doesn't last long, but it lasts long. If, if I can expand on that, it's probably a minute or maybe two minutes, but it will last throughout the day, that feeling of presence. 
that feeling of connection, that feeling that everything's all right, no matter what's going on around me. There's such a deep peace and, yeah, a feeling of connection to the allness of life. There is, uh, Teresa, there is such a, a difference, such a huge difference, a canyon between them, between observing your thoughts and letting them go by or noticing them and, and letting them go versus being your thoughts. And I think that most of us, most of the time, when we have a thought, we are certain that that is who we are. We are certain mm-hmm. of the rightness of our thought. It, mm-hmm. it, it comes from us. It comes from wherever it comes from. And, and I think that distinction between looking at your thoughts and being your thoughts is where it is just so vast. How do you cross that chasm from not believing what it is that you're thinking? With a sense of curiosity. I think curiosity is something that um, has helped me immensely is the idea that I'm curious. I've had some thoughts sometimes that I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? I'm sure you have too. Um, I, at least I hope I'm not alone in that. And, oh, no. And when that happens, for me to just take a pause and, wow, where did that come out of? Did that come out of a feeling of, of unworthiness? Did that come out of a feeling of victimization? Did that come out of a feeling or a belief in lack or limitation, you know, and, and, and that curiosity can let me know that it's not my true nature. We, in, in the teaching, in the science of mind, we use the term or the word fact and truth, and they're not the same. So the fact might be that I only have uh, $15 in my bank account, and there is a bill due next week and i don't know how how it's going to come how i'm going to get that paid that could be a fact or there was a diagnosis or or i just lost my job those could be facts but the truth is that i live and have my being in an abundant universe that is unlimited in every possible way in every possible way and and when we can be in that place of receptivity and connection with that source of allness, um, life expands for us from the fact into a greater truth. So it's, it's really about being curious as to what we're ruminating on because it's so powerfully creative where we spend our thinking time. Um, and that's proven in so many ways today. You know, it's something that certainly... Uh, Socrates spoke of, you know, I mean, it's age old, but today science is telling us the same thing that we, we do attract by the power of our thoughts. And, and I think uh, a lot of our thoughts actually come from outside of us, not originated from us. If you, if you see, you know, a young baby, they don't have a lot of, um, misconceptions or bad thinking going on because they're just living and being babies. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. but I can remember 
uh, I was uh, a year younger than my first cousin, and everybody used to talk about how beautiful she was, and everybody used to talk about how smart I was. So I didn't get to be beautiful, but I did get to be smart, and she never got to be smart because she was so beautiful. Exactly. And and so I think a lot of the thoughts that we get don't originate with us. Otherwise, we might recognize that we are whole and complete exactly right. the way we are. Right. But I think between school and family and friends, they tell us who we are and we believe them. Yep, that's a great example, too. Uh, it's a perfect example. I was a mediocre math student my whole life, all the way through school. I repeated many math classes. And as an adult, when I did my undergrad work, which I was 50 when I graduated with my, with my degree in human development, I had to take a statistics class. And I told myself, this is a story that you bought into. This is something that people say. Society tends to think men are better at math, women are better at, you know, whatever, social skills. Um, this is what society has told us. And our families and our teachers, unfortunately, have reinforced it. And we don't know any better and we buy into it. And I said, this doesn't have to be my story now. I got an A in statistics. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> Yay, good for you. Because I just changed the story. Because that's all it was. It was a story. I have infinite capabilities, just as everyone else does. Well, I really like that. Changing our own personal stories. I, I, I think there's hardly anything that could serve you better than that. And I, I've already told this story before. I'm not going to tell it again. But, you know, I got to meet Gary because I had to change my personal story about who I was. And and that's when he and I talk about doing our inner work in order to have things manifest on the outer. You know, that's exactly what we're talking about. You need to change your stinking thinking to, <laughs> yeah. to make it serve you better. And then when yeah. you can actually do that, then things show up in, in this reality closer in alignment to what it is you're, you're thinking about. And Teresa, let me throw this your way. I have been told by any number of men over the years, Suzanne and I have been together 19 years and counting, and men have told me, you know, you're very lucky. And I take the compliment, but I also let some of them know, at least, that it isn't simply a matter of luck. There was a hell of a lot of work that went into yeah. becoming the kind of person <laughs> I needed to be to attract a Suzanne and to build a loving relationship. We don't come into this pre-molded for love and success in life. Maybe there's some rare individual that's that has the DNA for that. I haven't met one, but it's certainly not me. A lot of work goes into succeeding in life and in relationships particularly. Absolutely. When you were talking, both of you, when you were speaking earlier, Gary, you said you, you, you were on a mission after your first day at, right. at a uh, religious science church, and, and Suzanne was taking classes. And that's the deep internal work that we did that we do, that we continue. It's lifelong process. We're continuing to peel the onion, as one of my teachers used to say. And Bobby and I met um, while we were peeling our onions. And, 
And that became a central part of our relationship. And now our marriage is our spiritual connection and our spiritual practices. We meditate every morning together. We vision every week together. Um, and, and, and we created this community together. But it, it is a continual work. And I know that I wasn't ready for this relationship until I had gone through what I call my darkest night and it was the, my first divorce and it it allowed me what I learned during that time through taking the classes through prayer counseling through my own inner journey was I became just like you said available to a very committed loving supportive relationship now Teresa and I centers on spirituality yeah yes um, yes thank you in our in our waning minutes before um our before our, only break. our only break um people who are important to us are not those people we are necessarily able to be with this thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh due to the pandemic you had a, a suggestion that i really liked from last sunday having to do with uh, what you can do for people that you're not able to be with. And um, I'll, I'll prompt you if you don't remember exactly what that is. Now I know what you're talking about. Okay. I've been giving, all month long we've been talking about gratitude, and each week we've taken a specific area of life. As you mentioned last week was relationships, and I'm, and I'm suggesting spiritual practices. That spiritual practice is writing a letter to people that we appreciate, that we're grateful for, and being specific as to what it is about them that we so appreciate. We text and Twitter and tweet and, you know, these little short messages, and we use um, little emojis to show that we're hugging and kissing somebody. But it's nothing compared to really sitting and thinking about what are the qualities that this person shares with me? What are their gifts that I so admire that impact my life? And share that in a, in a, in a letter or a card. I have 20 cards sitting in front of me right now that I'm going to, to address. And I'm very, very excited about it. Bobby and I have called off Thanksgiving with family and friends. We'll be at home by ourselves. And that's going to be what we're going to do. And I'm so looking forward to it. And, and, and it's expanding. This is we were talking about the law of attraction. It expands within you when you allow yourself to really sit and visualize this person, feel their love, feel your connection, um, really bring the specifics up in mind. That's an attracting quality. They've already proven there. I mean, there's many, many benefits, and we can talk about this after your break. There's many benefits, physical and otherwise, to the practice of gratitude. And one of them they have found in research is that it does enhance our relationships because it, it's reciprocal when you show your gratitude to someone else. It lifts them. Everybody, is, everybody wins. Gratitude, there is the word, the feeling, the expression, and the ongoing benefits 
of having that attitude of gratitude. It's more than just a catchphrase, and you will find out why on the other side of our one and only break this hour. We will continue our discussion with Reverend Teresa Thieberts of Center for Spiritual Living Cultural Coast, magnificently enshrined in Sarasota, Florida. You ought to come visit. Give us a couple of minutes. We'll be back with more with Reverend Teresa. We are Manson Mitchell, and you are tuned into Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is mansonmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life. Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through. Whether it's obvious physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. I knew that I had to get support, not just for me, but for the sake of my wife and kids. Talking about it has helped me feel more like myself again. Honestly, it was hard to open up at first, but it's changed my life for the better. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. The following audio is via a Skype call. Stop. I want to stop. And he stopped. (laughs) He stopped. (laughs) Thank you. We are talking to Teresa Fieberts. If um, Reverend Teresa, if people would like to catch your service or find the uh, church online or any of that information, would you please share that with our listeners now? 
Yes, absolutely. Love to. We are Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. We can be found on Facebook or YouTube. And our Facebook is CSL Cultural Coast. I mean, I, I excuse me, our YouTube is CSL Cultural Coast. And the Facebook, just to confuse everyone, is it's all spelled out. It's the Center for Spiritual Living Cultural Coast. And the Cultural Coast is the Cultural Coast of Florida. It's between Inglewood and Anna Maria Island to the north, and we're known for our arts here. And, of course, Gary and Suzanne know that. Yes, we do. We put we, in our show. We've indented the seats of Van Wezel Performing Arts Hall more than once. And been to the opera mm-hmm. and several other things. So, yes, this is a right. wonderful, wonderful cultural coast, even with right. the uh, even with the circus. Yeah, that's yeah, and right. We, and and we so we utilize a lot of the local musicians. We have many artists that are that are in our community, and um, we've been a little more challenged during this time of pandemic to include the art. But we have in the past had live art while we've had music functions and and that type of thing. And um, yeah, so we're 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 very committed to that to supporting our local music and, and artists, musicians. Suzanne has a question she wants to get to, but I should add this note. We understand about restrictions. There's a pandemic going on. That won't last forever. Thank the good Lord. That will not last forever. And when the opportunity presents itself, you would do yourself a favor to visit the cultural coast of Florida. It's a great time down here. Plenty of sunshine. Bring your sunscreen but also CSL Cultural Coast, 11 a.m., as we say, Eastern Time, puts on a beautiful, inspiring service. It would be wonderful if you could experience that in person. In the meantime, you've got Facebook and you have YouTube. Very yeah, good. and they're all archived as well. The um, I wanted you to say a little bit about health because you said something interesting uh, in one of your talks about the chicken and egg theory. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes first, health or gratitude? Mm. So that was very interesting when I was doing the research on the studies that have happened around gratitude and, it, and, and its benefits. Um, they said, well, do you, are grateful people healthier because they're grateful or are healthy people more grateful? So which comes first, the chicken or the egg? And for me personally, I've, some of those nitpicking I think is nitpicking. I, I don't really care which. I know that I personally feel better when I have a better frame of mind. When my outlook is positive and upbeat, my day goes better. I mean, it, it just does in every possible way. You know, if you wake up, like they say, on the, bad, on the wrong side of the bed, um, your day can often continue that bumpy ride throughout throughout the day. So for health, um, you know, in general, I say everything starts with our thoughts. I believe everything is created first as a thought. Um, so I think it's prudent for all of us to take that approach. So if you have a disease or there's been a diagnosis or you – you know, you suffer with um, aches and pains. 
then we find, here we go back to spiritual principle, I mean practices, we find a way to be grateful for the, the part of us that does work well. You know, I'm listening to this talk right now. My ears are, are hearing everything just fine. My eyes are looking outside, and I'm seeing the, the beautiful trees and the green grass, and I can see. And be grateful for all that we do have versus what we feel we don't have. And it makes a difference. Health benefits truly are that it, you know, it raises our endorphins. It eases aches and pains. It creates a better sleep for us, even when we are more grateful. Uh, Teresa, one of the major tenets of religious science, science of mind, is gratitude in advance. That oh, yeah. can be a very um, a difficult concept to wrap your mind around. But since it is so basic, I wanted you to address that a little bit. Why are you, yes. what is gratitude in advance and why would you do that? Okay, I love, I'm having so much fun with gratitude in advance this month. I gave a challenge to our community for a 30 day, uh, 30 day gratitude. Every day this month, I want you to be working on that. So one of the most popular gratitude tools is a, is a gratitude journal. I mean, even our therapists recommend it. So everybody's probably heard of the gratitude journal. Well, I'm doing something a little different with that. In the mornings, I'm writing in my gratitude journal, and I don't, I don't limit myself to what I write in there in the morning. And then when I'm ready, I take three things that I'm going to give gratitude in advance for, for the day. So it may be I know I'm like this, this, this call. I gave gratitude this morning that this would be fun and enjoyable and smooth and easy and, and just a, a great hour that I spent with the two of you. And I, so I gave it gratitude in advance. When I do that, I visualize, I feel it, I allow it to come, become really a heartfelt um, experience for me. You know, Sports medicine has proven that your body doesn't know the difference between actually running and winning a race and imagining your body is still experiencing that, you know, the endorphins and whatever. So it's, it's the same kind of concept. And so I'll pick three things that I want to see um, happen during the day, a successful phone call with a family member maybe or, or any number of things. And then in the end of the day, when I pick up my gratitude journal to just jot something down before I go to sleep, I take a look at those three things, that, and I'm having so much fun because I am seeing demonstrations. That's what we call um, answer to prayer. I'm seeing where, yes, it was a successful radio talk hour, and I had so much fun with that. And, yes, that, that conversation went really well. And I did get that check in the mail. Those kinds of things. Yeah, it's great fun. And again, it goes back to the law of attraction. You know what? That's, that's new thought 101, really, is, is that what we think about comes about. Where, we, where our energy or where our attention goes, energy flows. It is a attracting quality. And, of course, quantum physics tells us that we're collapsing the possibilities, right? When we claim something... We are collapsing the infinite possibilities available to us. 
So that's what when I'm I, doing in, in this when, gratitude practice. When I first heard about being grateful in advance, and I, I was just shaking my head like, I really don't get that. Somebody yeah. said to me, fake it till you make it. So yeah. pretend that you have that thing and be grateful mm -hmm. for that, you know, whatever it is that you want, you know, the little house, the little car, you know, whatever it is. But the something that you said is like the key to that. And, and that has to do with the emotion of it, because you can have all kinds of rampant thoughts about, oh, I'm grateful for my new boyfriend. I'm grateful for my new house. I'm grateful for my new car. You can be grateful for all kinds of stuff in theory, but the, the, if the gratitude doesn't have the emotion, isn't it just empty? Yeah, that's the juice. And, and it really is difficult. I get that. And, and, you know, just so people don't think, oh, this must just be easy for her. I mean, my life was a mess when I came into this teaching in 1992. And it is hard work, as we've already said. So when it is hard work, when it seems impossible, when you're, when you're feeling pain of some sort, then you may not be able to muster that up. And we have what we call religious science practitioners or prayer partners. And um, these people have studied four years to become licensed and are bound by ethics, and they pray with you. And what we call prayer is spiritual mind treatment, um, affirmative prayer. And again, it is giving thanks in advance. It is claiming what we want to see from that unlimited source that the universe offers us, from infinite possibilities. We're, we're, we're making the case. And, and so sometimes we need somebody's help, you know, like borrow somebody else's faith. And that's what we do. That's what min our ministers do. That's what our practitioners do. We can, we can add that ability to know it for you when you're in the throes of something that's difficult to see on the other side of. Teresa, I am in your debt in one particular way, and I wanted to get this out during our interview. I was listening to you on YouTube today, and you talked about the step of thanksgiving and i'll just say this is one piece of a fairly straightforward and rather simple affirmative prayer process that in the world of science of mind is referred to as spiritual mind treatment you don't mm -hmm. have to go behind some curtain you don't have to have a crystal and you don't have to light candles or all the accoutrement of metaphysics in order to benefit from a straightforward prayer process that delivers impressive, even amazing results. And man, do I really feel like I'm a, a, a huckster, a pitchman right now. This is the sham wow of prayer we're talking. There, it is, actually, isn't it? It is. And it feels so good once you, once you get over the steps, you know, like learning the steps, once you, that you own them for yourself, it is the most delicious process because I call it the idea that it's spiritual mind treatment, I am treating my mind to a new idea, to a higher vibration. You know, Emerson said, and I, I'm a huge Ralph Waldo Emerson fan, Emerson said that that's what prayer is, is to see life from the highest vantage point, from the highest possibilities. And so that's what we do in spiritual mind treatment, yes. I'm sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> 
No, that's fine. I really was hoping that you would amplify because if people start working with this, they are going to see good stuff happen in their lives and the lives of people around them because you will be influential in a very positive way if you begin using this. The, yeah. the Thanksgiving step I heard once described from the platform of a religious science church as being a matter of having good manners. <laughs> we say oh, thank you because so that's just good manners. And I thought at the time, it's cute. I like that. I can endorse it. But there's got to be something more to that principle of always being thankful. Pray with Thanksgiving. And listening yeah. to you today, it finally bubbled up to the surface and I got excited and I told Suzanne, I get it. This is an epiphany for me. Thank you, Teresa. Yeah. And the epiphany is when we express our thanksgiving for the good we expect to receive, it is essentially our investment in the process mm -hmm. by which we manifest our dreams. And when that happens, when we have the joy of the answered prayer, we can point back to all of the prayer work all of the treating and moving your feet, as we like to say, that yeah. led yeah. to the happy result, and it justifies the thanksgiving, which was our expression of ultimate faith. Right. And, and you know, this isn't a new idea. It's not a new thought in that regard. You know, Jesus, when he held up the, the little snack of loaves and fishes, you know, that he was going to feed the multitudes with, he gave thanks for it. He gave thanks for it. Our, that is a, it's a magnifying process. It's a multiplying spiritual practice to give thanks in advance. And, um, yeah, so that's, that, I love that. And spiritual mind treatment, that piece of it is, is our investment. It's also our way of saying faith, you know, that, with a, that I'm giving thanks in advance that it's already done, and I can then I can let it go, which is the last step. But that's when I can let it be, and I don't have to keep digging it up. You know, this I know so that in the universe this exists for me, and now I'm open to receiving it. And Thanksgiving thus becomes an aggregator of good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Appreciation appreciates. <laughs> I. This is great, and divinity has. Uh, Dividends. We could go all afternoon with this. This is I terrific. Know. Gratitude is gold. <laughs> we'll keep coming up with them. That's wonderful. One of the things I really wanted to get to, though, Teresa, is this. It's another kind of epiphany, and that is people are overjoyed when they realize, and I wish everybody got this all at one time, what a world it would be. When people realize that the good we desire, the divine benefits of our connection to the source of it all, as it manifests, we need to appreciate the fact that it's not, life is not a zero-sum game. If I experience the joy of my answered prayer, if things are really getting good for me, that does not mean it has to happen at your expense, Teresa, or at your expense, Suzanne. There, there's enough good to go around, and that is a beautiful principle of life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is a beautiful principle of life. And conversely, if we are in a position of resentment that someone else has good, it, it, it hinders our good. I, I mean, you can, I just, even when I said that, I could feel my heart feel closed. The idea of resenting someone else's good closes us. 
that closes our avenue to the allness of life. And, and it, it, it severs the connection, or at least, it, you know, it doesn't sever it forever, but it closes it off. Whereas the attitude of gratitude, gratefulness that, that so-and-so has the love of their life and that so-and-so's business is really taken off and those kinds of things, it opens us all to the goodness. And yes, there is absolutely no limit um, to the good that everybody can have that is available for all of us. Uh, one time, yeah, and I don't, I don't know if they were joking or or serious about this, but at one time somebody said to use the the uh, spiritual mind treatment is uh, akin to a slot machine where you can put your nickel in and then you're you're hoping to win the jackpot. And since then, and and I've discovered that to not be true at all. But I think there's a difference between the things that our ego wants, which is generally a whole bunch of physical stuff, you know, new clothes, new this, new that, you know, great big career, you know, whatever it is that we're desiring. And it's not the same thing as what your soul wants. Yeah. And and so yeah. to use spiritual mind treatment is not like, you know, a, a slot machine where, you know, if you just do all the steps right, you're going to get everything that you're praying for, because maybe those things are really not in your best interest. And maybe that isn't what your soul wants. There is a difference between what your ego wants and what your soul wants when you are praying. And, and aren't you actually praying for something else, like, like an experience of something? Yeah, yeah. It, it, for me personally, it is not things. Um, it is the experience. So we can use a red sports car as an example. Somebody wants that red Lexus and, you know, convertible. Oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. And that's, oh, that's what they want. But what's behind that? Is it, is it a freedom, you know, to go and do and be wherever you want to be? Is it, is it to have a... Um, a freedom of expression that you don't have in your career or in your relationships. I mean, everything we do in this teaching to me is a, is a process of self-discovery. We're always going back to an inward look at what is really behind this thing, this, this uh, thing that I think I want. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not about things anymore in my life. Um, I'm not, I don't really even like to shop. I, I must be truthful. Um, it's experiences. It's experiences in life. And, and there's an urge. I let, I, Ernest Holmes used this phrase, that there's an urge within us with a capital U. It's the expression of the divine that has um, incarnated itself or individualized itself, multiplied itself as each one of us. And we're unique and fabulous in that way that we are unique. And that expression wants to come forward as freedom. And so I think that in a lot of, behind a lot of things we think we want, it's our soul or it's that urge within us that's wanting to express itself in a greater way. 
in a greater way and quite individually. I could remember having a brief conversation with a lady who was elderly at that time, and she had been deep into metaphysics for decades. And one time after a church service, as we were saying hello and goodbye, see you next week, she said, isn't it marvelous how all of us are here and we're all one? And I said, yes, it definitely is a wonderful thing. It's also wonderful that even as we are all one in the principle of expressing the highest reality, being expressions of the divine, of God, God has a way of not duplicating itself. Mm -hmm. Spirit mm -hmm. expresses all of us individually so that we're like snowflakes. That's kind of a loaded term these days. But <laughs> to be a snowflake mm -hmm. is to be an individual. That's the universe showing infinite diversity under this umbrella of oneness, of unity. Right. I find that to be a miracle. It is It is amazing that there, there's a unity, there's a commonality, there's one source, one substance, yet it has diversified itself. And in that diversified, you know, again, Emerson said that we are endowed with gifts. We are endowed with gifts. And, and that is unique to each one of us. And I can't remember that specific quote that talks about, and that's what exactly is what the universe needs. I read this thing one time, Deepak Chopra taught his children when they were in school, and I love this, that their job wasn't to get A's. Their job was to find what made them alive, what, what their gifts were, and then when they graduated, their job was to go and give that to the world. And if we all could identify our gifts, what it is that makes us come alive that, that says, yes, this is, there's a natural flow with that, you know, because it's spirit wanting to come into form by means of us, wanting to do and be and love and express by means of us. And when we are in touch with what that is for us, I guarantee you there is a need for it in the universe. When I agreed, not agreed, I agreed to God, when I understood that this, there was this vision that wanted to come into play as the Center for Spiritual Living Cultural Coast here in Sarasota about two years ago. When I caught that vision and said yes to it, I had no idea what was going to happen. And our very first Sunday, we had 70 people in the room. And Great. it was a room that had glass all just around, um, you know, half of it, half the room, 50% at least was glass. And I saw people lined up to come in. And I said, who are those people? I don't even know them. They weren't 70 friends. <laughs> it was, so it was a shock to me. But the universe does that for us. That's how it operates. When we Teresa, yes thank you. Thank you so much. Vibration, for a higher vibration and a good vibration. Reverend Teresa Fieberts, thank you so much, my friend, for being on with us today. We shall do this again. Oh, great. Uh, great. Thank you so much. I so All appreciate right. it. A real pleasure. Stay tuned for Jupiter Rising. And our friend Eileen Grimes. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Stay tuned whenever possible to AM 1150, Seattle's home of alternative talk. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.